the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? Did I really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve from apes? For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Dr. Daniel Harris, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Amen. Today, we're going to take up day five of creation, and I'll begin by reading the scripture on that, starting with Genesis 1.20. And God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures... That word creatures there is also synonymous with soul. And let birds, the actual Hebrew is flying things, fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. As always, this thing emphasizes this happening in a true 24-hour day because it defines itself as an evening and a morning. Carl, what else do you see here? As we already know, day three, the land and the waters were separated. So we have the medium in which God placed the creatures that he created on day five. He's start off by talking to the waters, which produce also fish and other microscopic organisms that give life to the planet, sustaining the life on the planet by producing oxygen through plankton and so forth, the microscopic features of the creatures in the seas. And as far as the land is concerned, it provides the roosts for the flying creatures, the birds, bats, the various other things that can fly. Now, it doesn't specifically mention bug, insects, flying the smaller creatures, which were derives what we currently call the insect. Well, on day six, it actually says that, that he creates the creeping, creeping things. things. And so in most cases, we interpret that to be insect. Okay. Now, if that's true, <laughs> then we have a real differentiation between the evolutionary time frame or scale mm-hmm. and that of the Bible, because it's saying insects came after birds and flying things, which would be the reverse. But go ahead. Well, we know that the green plants have already been <laughs> produced by God for the earth, so the birds have something to eat, although many birds... Birds and flying creatures also feed upon insects, mm-hmm. which that's another thing that we can take out of this, that maybe the flying insects were there. And they could have hung around for a day. Yeah, they could have. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Two things I would add into what you just commented upon. Where it says living creatures, and it, it doesn't say fish or whales or anything like that. It says living creatures in the water. 
That could include the plankton, the fish, the whales. It could also talk about plesiosaurs, megalodon, because again, it is the biblical worldview which only 6% of American Christians of recent study shows believe in this. God created these things all together on that day. And where it says flying things, not birds, which is what you see in most Mm -hmm. translations, where it says flying things, that not only could include birds and bats, etc., it could include the pteranodons. So that's a deep look into a biblical worldview. This is part of the process of God filling the planet, making it a cradle for life. According to Genesis 1 and 2, what was the whole focus of all of this? I mean, the Genesis 1 and 2 started the foundation for life to be brought forth. So every day in creation leads to the ultimate day of 6, where God creates mankind with whom he will have intimacy. It is fascinating to me to see how God, step by step, built this place to be a cradle of life for us. We just don't deserve unbelievable amount of intricacy, time, energy, and perfect setup that God made for us. Some charge that the Bible sees no difference between the sky and outer space and how this verse is, is stated. However, 2 Corinthians 12.2 clearly shows that God understood the difference between our atmospheric sky and outer space. He teaches about another space in 2 Corinthians 12.2 and says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in body or out of body, I do not know. God knows. Creationist Richard Stepanek, who we've had speak for us out of AOI, has done deep research into this, and he He teaches that the first heaven is the sky, our atmosphere. The second heaven is outer space where the luminaries are placed. And the third heaven is God's heavenly dwelling. And that is either outside of our physical universe or possibly in a completely different dimension. Uh, What are y'all's thoughts on that? I would agree with the good doctor about this categorization of the three heavens. It is the obvious, simple interpretation of of that scripture. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Dr. Daniel Harris, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzado. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. We're talking today about day five of creation, the placing of the sea creatures and the flying things as the Bible describes it. Other thoughts, guys, about this? I think you mentioned this, but just in case you didn't, just like he said with the plants reproducing after their kind, the flying creatures and the sea creatures all reproduce after their kinds. So one kind does not become another kind. So the flying creatures don't become sea creatures and vice versa. The sea creatures don't become flying creature kinds. So each biologic category that we have come now to recognize by a relatively crude taxonomy method that uh, sort of puts creatures together in what's called species, genus, family, order, class, phylum, kingdom. And now there's another one beyond that that I've forgotten already because it happened after I left school. But as far as the taxonomy is concerned, it is arbitrary. But still, we know that a fish kind does not become a bird kind, nor vice versa. Does a bird shed its uh, feathers and, and take up scales and then gills and go into the water? So we know that those kinds do not change over time, as evolution would have to have 
happen if it is indeed true. And we can see that it it cannot be true because those sorts of transitions cannot be made given the limitations of the DNA itself. It is not accidental that 10 times in Genesis 1, God says everything was created according to its kind. kind. You cannot change one major body form into another major body form. Speciation occurs, and creationists don't debate that one because there is a lot of variability within the genomes for things to speciate, to vary. But some of the variation that evolutionists propose is simply laughable. It seems to make reasonable sense to think that you had multicellular creatures become fish, then amphibians, then reptiles, then mammals, then man. But there's not good data for that, and the scripture with kinds debates that. But more interestingly, when we're talking about the seas, let's take two examples. It was first thought that you had whales that had evolved from cows because of similarity with teeth. They have now abandoned cows and say it came from some type of wolf ancestor. Well, why would that wolf just hang around the water for millions of years till it developed fins and all of that type of stuff? But just as stupidly. It likes to surf. It likes to surf, okay? You're going to say the same thing about elephants. Because according <clears throat> to their idea of where a manatee came from, another mammal in water, it was elephants that just wandered around in water till they developed fins. Does any of that make any type of sense whatsoever? Well, genetically speaking, it makes no sense. There's absolutely no way, if I could use an absolute, that the genetic changes that need to occur to make the different organs work properly, that they can be mutated in such a beneficial way to cause the body parts to start changing around and changing position and changing their embryology to the point where they can actually live, then that is impossible. That kind of reminds me of the perspective of how the giraffe got the long neck. For it to reach some of the leaves was to stretch its neck on a continuing basis. By a Lamarckian idea, which mm-hmm. has been disproved. Dr. Harris? The thing that I find remarkable is that when God created these creatures, he created the germ cells within them that had exactly the right coding to make the next generation like the first generation. Now that's two miracles happening. The original creation of the creature and the creation of the genetic coding in the creatures germ cells that will reproduce exactly the same creature. Now that's remarkable. By evolutionary thought, if you had accidentally got one of these creatures, but they don't have the reproducibility, they don't have the pre-programming for those germ cells, exactly. you don't get a next generation. You have to have both at the same time, and that's a double miracle. Well, just looking at the so-called single simple cell that started <laughs> all life, that is beyond credibility right there, in exactly. that you have to have an organism that can seal itself off into a, in th- inside of a membrane, have its mechanics to be able to build the proteins that it needs to build, along with the blueprints that it needs to put the building in proper position, and the direction on when to activate those proteins and when not to. Plus, you have to have an environment in which this organism can eat something, so that food has to be out there already, and it has to be able, to, like you said, to reproduce itself. Otherwise, it's gone as soon as it uses up all its available food. So all those things have to happen at the same time. The comment of a simple cell is oxymoronic. There is no such thing as a simple cell. It's an amazing complexity of design. As I like to say in my lecture about the cell, the cell is more complex than all of General Motors before Obama got a hold of it. (laughs) 
In closing, it said in 122 to these creations on day five, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And it was so. And it continues to be so. We are fascinated by watching how fast ecosystems can rebuild themselves after catastrophe because of what God pre-programmed into them. Amen. We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe? You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com. And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Bards and Noble, and everywhere else. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzville, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.